so you're pee shy. Am I talking about it? I don't know. I, let's try and we'll see if I leave it in. Okay, so I... <laughs> when we do the podcast, I always try to... Like both of us, we drink so much water and coffee and stuff that the pee breaks are often, right? Oh, often. Yeah. Often. Like, I think the only thing... The only... I, I pee more than a cocker spaniel. <laughs> right? <laughs> So I, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go just in case. So yeah. I was standing there and I was there for about 30 seconds. And then the arena manager walked in and there's an uncomfortable, hey, Andy, how you doing? I go, hey, Dan, how are you? And then I, he starts going and then I'm standing there and I go, okay, so I got to say something here because lo- I look like I'm weird. Yeah, because you haven't peed so I yet. Said, yeah, I'm just doing a podcast. So I just try not to take pee breaks. He goes, oh, okay. And then he starts asking about Charlie, how's things going and all that stuff. Full conversation. He's washing his hands. Then he's in a conversation, still waiting at the door. I still haven't had one drop. Yeah, no. So I was there for probably three minutes, and finally, yeah, yeah. I can, just, I sympathize. Just a little. <laughs> I know I sympathize. Yeah. So what I had, I was pee shy, and when I played at the university, if anyone was waiting for me to finish peeing, really? Because in the we had in the dressing room we had our yeah. pee area, but we only had one pee spot. In your room? In the room. Yeah. Wow. So we had. Oh one, yeah, it was an old rink. Yeah, we had one urinal. In yeah. the actual room. Yeah. So if somebody was there, yeah. then you had to wait. Yeah, you had to wait. And if somebody was waiting, looking at me, if I could yeah. feel them looking at yeah, me, yeah. I'd be like, man, yeah. stop looking like, at me. Stop. I know. Yeah. So you get a little pee shy. Yeah. Uh, anyways. Sure. Yeah. How was the game last night? It was good. Good. Guelph so, came out. So, so it's you want to give me a recap of the series? Like super Cliff Notes version. <laughs> okay. Uh, Sue won the first two. We won last night. Nice. 2-1. Guelph played good last night. Played good. It was a good game. Been a good series. Uh, kind of evenly matched. Sue's got some really fast older guys. They move the puck really well. You know, they're uh, like I think four or five guys signed in the NHL. Yeah. Whereas uh, our team has only a couple. Mm-hmm. The younger team, but really good. Boys are competing. First couple games, Guelph just couldn't put pucks in the net. But uh, it's it's nice to watch a series though because she gets heated, eh? Oh yeah. Yeah. Game three last night. Game Play the four same tomorrow. Team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bunch of times in a row. Yeah, it's good. Things start to heat up. Yeah. The Sioux is such a nice rink. Yeah. It's uh, one of my favorites now. It's uh, newer. It's, it's just moved over the parking lot from when I used to play. Yeah. Um, but nice, new, modern. It's a li- You know how Guelph is? Yep. It's a little bit pushed back a little bit, but same sort of deal. Real nice, loud. Nice. That really full, full uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say it was sold out, but it was getting pretty close. Mm-hmm. And uh, good, good energy. Yeah. But what I did in the Sioux... Um, so when I was a kid, we had a tournament every year from uh, Major Adam to Major Pee Wee, so four years, and uh, it was called the Bonsu Tournament, and teams from all over the place came, but it was like my favorite place to play, I think. I have I have the best memories ever. So it was an uh, older arena, and uh, I wanted, so my wife, we were taking a ride, we had some time to kill, she goes, hey, let's go look around a little bit. So I said, oh, you know what, I want to see if the Sioux Pee Wee Arena, that's what it was called, is still kicking. This is a long time ago, man. Nineteen. We're talking like mid late seventies, and uh, so it was still there. So I walked in, and it looked kind of the same. I think they did a little bit of construction on the outside, and I walked in. It was the exact. I, I don't know. Maybe it's not the exact same, but it was just how you remember it. The stands I thought were a little bigger when I was a kid. You know, when you have those memories, but they have stands on both sides, and uh, they had this. So it's this turn was in one rink, and we used to go. And playing this tournament, and it was back when they we used to do tournaments when we were, we were a kid. Is a lot of the times it would go uh, 
there was no ties. So, and there was no curfews on games. Right. So if you had a game at 11 o'clock in the morning or one in the afternoon or something like that, it never started on that time. So, which made it great because then you would sit there and stand there and watch people play. Right. You're not going to go back to the hotel for an hour or whatever yeah. or two. So we used to get like half dressed and the lobby where the stands were, were uh, in the end zones, were just jam packed with players watching other teams play. So I told awesome. my wife, I said, I have, I'm sitting here right now. I could actually sit in this rank and just go through four years of my life. And we used to see like really good players that were, that's what I liked about it, right? You'd watch a, uh, let's say you're a Adam or Pee Wee and you'd watch a midget game and you'd see a midget or Bantam game that had like a, a sick player that you heard about and you'd watch and then you, oh, I want to play like this guy and yeah. you, you just feed off of it, right? Like there's so much energy in it and these games would be, uh, it, it would go into overtime and overtime would start three on three or four on four, two, three on three, two on two, one on one. That's how every game ended. And then this, the, the tournament was also flood every two periods. So one, two, flood, three, one, flood, two, th- oh, two cool. three, flood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Best tournament in the whole world. That's awesome. I was talking to actually Paul DiPietro this morning about it. He was laughing like, oh yeah, was, oh, yeah I was the greatest rink because he's from the Sioux, right? Was there people still on the ice when you went in there? Yeah, there was little kids. Little kids playing? Little kids playing. That's awesome, man. So it was great. It was buzzing and... uh it was so great. When I, I did, that happened to me a few times. When I went back to see my junior ranks, like years after, it's not the same as when you're a kid. Because when, when I was a kid, we would be on like 80 knocks, like yeah. or at the barn or yeah. like whatever, South Windsor sometimes. But uh, you go in there and you can feel the, Ugh. you feel like the attachment to yeah. the game. Yeah. So here, here's a question. What, uh, when you played or yeah. when you remember playing, yeah. what was the best part about playing for you? I have, a, I have a point. So okay, yeah. The best part about playing for me, it's a tough question because I had a lot of good good parts. Like, from now it's those memories. It's just like, wow, it was the best. Like, hockey's the best. But when I played, I I actually liked playing. I, those, I actually liked the games. Yeah. Uh, like, yes, the hotels. Yes, the traveling and, and being with your teammates is that. But I actually love the in the what, moment. What of part playing. of it? Which part of the in the moment game? Like the hard ass yes. hockey. I loved it. That's exactly the answer I wanted. Okay. Yeah, I loved it. So I love the anticipation of, oh man, we're playing whatever team it is and we've only played them once or we've never seen them and wondering where you stack up and just going out there and competing. And I loved it so much. Right. Okay, so I got a question last night Okay. and somebody asked, uh, how come I don't play? Yeah. Why don't I play anymore? So I haven't played since... I stopped playing when I was 23, I think. Yeah. So coming up four, yeah, four years. Yeah, it's been that it's, long, eh? Yeah, it's crazy. Almost, it's gonna be. It only seems like if I was to, if you were to say, guess how long it's been since I played hockey? Like a game, a real game? Yeah, I would have yeah. said two years. Yeah. Almost five. What? Yeah. Almost five. Wow, she flies. I know. So <clears throat> the reason I'm asking is because this guy asked me that question, and. I don't even have a desire to play, yeah. which is so interesting to me because I played for 20 whatever years yeah. and you did the same thing. Yeah. And then it was that you were kind of like me too. You were kind of cold turkey did like yep. no, no games. Like you were done. You were no, done. No beer it. league. No beer league. No nothing. No. And so he was asking me about it. Well, like, cause the one league that plays here that they were here last night, he was like, Oh, it's a pretty good league. And like most of the guys that are like you that played yeah. college or junior or OHL or played pro before that, that's where they all play. And I was like, yeah, but it, it doesn't have that. Yeah. Exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. It's that the competitive 
and it can get competitive, but it's not the same. Like the physicality, the competition, the playing for something yeah. part of it. That is what was fun, especially at the end of when I finished playing. Like that was that's what was fun. Like I remember we'd go to when I played at the university, we go somewhere like Carleton or whatever, where we know that they're going to be a really good team and it's going to just be a muck fest yep. on the ice. And that was fun. Like that is what was fun. I didn't even care at that point about scoring or getting points or any yep. of that. I just wanted to be in the grind, like be in the fight and where it's that like high stakes kind of feel to it. Yep. That's what I, I miss the most about it. And if I can't get that when I play, it's not fun. Yeah. You know, so he was at the guy was asking me yesterday, like, how come you don't play or you should come play or come play in our league or whatever. And for still for right now, like I reserve the right to change my mind and maybe one day I'll want to yeah. do that. But for now, it's like I've yeah. not like not even a slight desire yeah. to do that. Yeah. And I was just curious if it was the same kind of thing for you because yeah. you haven't played since you stopped well, playing when you were 21 where or whatever. I, where right? I did continue to play a little bit was like when I was doing skills with the spits. Mm hmm. We I'd have three on three with the coaches like DJ yeah. and Warren and and those guys and, and some of the players would be out. We'd have like competitive small area games, but yeah, I I had once I I think I, and I think maybe a lot of guys, I, you know, guys still play hockey. So I don't I don't know I can't say I can't make a blanket statement. But for me, it was like I was into it. I loved it. it kind of gave everything. I think I gave everything I could. Probably didn't. <laughs> you know, in hindsight, well, at the time you probably yeah, did, but you, yeah. you you think you're into it and you're doing everything you can, and I then got to a point where I was doing it for the for a reason. Like when I was young, it was because I loved hockey so much, and I and I I think I was good. Well, I was good at it, and it was that competition. And then once I got to about Bantam, I realized that I was different than a lot of players. So I was like, my purpose of playing was, of course, I love the the game so much. That's yep. all I wanted to do. But it was about getting somewhere. Um, and I don't want to say it was just about getting somewhere because I loved hockey so much. I mean, I ate, slept, breathed it, and it was like the most serious part of my life. And then when I got to junior, it was like about getting somewhere and competing. And then it was like, okay, so after when that, that's all done, yeah, I could go play in a few different places and all that stuff, and that's fine. But it was like different. The goal, the marker moved, and it was like, I don't want that marker now. So it was playing the game of hockey was not never the same and um i did that the competitive juice of being like like you said a competitor is like ah i just I, I don't find joy out of playing hockey yeah anymore and then i found like when i played in a couple times i played in uh i played in a tournament once a couple games and i'm like okay i don't like it now because like there's either hitting or there's not either way it's fine yeah. But when there's no hitting and then guys kind of take bumps at you and stuff, it's like, well, there's none. Yeah. So like, what's what's the line, right? And yeah. and then you get guys that the wannabes that that wannabe hockey players that never really did anything that they're Johnny tryhards and they're giving everything they got. And it's like, you know what? I just don't want any part of that. And then it was also like, I of course I like like any guy play hockey. You suck a couple beers back and stuff, and it's kind of fun. It was like I, I I just I was just done with that. Yeah, and that's but but I replaced it I think when I got into teaching the game because that's where my passion laid. Is it wasn't in playing so much. It was like taking what I knew and what I study and applying it to other people. Yeah. And I just get ten times more joy out of that. So if I had a choice to go and play in a men's league game or train some players that and it mattered, that's what I'd choose. I'd choose to train players yeah. or teach it. And it's just a different thing. I still involved, and I still love the game from my perspective, and I still love watching a lot of hockey. 
but to play it, I just not anymore. Yeah, yeah. That's a, I I feel like I'm on that same kind of track with yeah. it because I, I was watching them play last night and it's like they got their team jerseys and there's refs and there's a scorekeeper and they got music yeah. between the yeah. and it all this cool. stuff and it's fine. Like and yeah. I'm sure it's fun. And I'm in I'm in no way saying I'm too good to play out there because there's guys that are playing out there that yeah. went further or played higher levels yeah. than I did, but. You can't, like, it's just not the same. It just yeah. isn't the well, same. Well, the, the other thing is a lot of people do it, that's their exercise. Yeah. So for me, that's not my exercise. Yeah, I mean, it could be exercise. Yeah. It would but be just not, for fun. I'd yeah. rather come in here and work out. I'd rather run a hill. I'd yeah. rather do stuff like that. It's just for fun. And it's, um, yeah, it's just different. But I can see why people lo- like to still play because it's awesome. Yeah, for sure. But for it, sure. it was expensive too. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Ooh. I know that's why I'm going to. I'm going to stick to my one time a year where I skate with the boys that yeah. I train in the summer. Yeah. That'll yeah. be my, <laughs> yeah. that'll be my one, one thing maybe I'll, yeah. I'll keep doing, but, yeah. uh, but anyway, so that, that's all I got on that. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that was, that was fun. And then when we're up in the Sioux, I realized I told my wife, I told a couple of the parents that were, uh, hung out with on our team too. I said, like, you never manipulate, I, for me, manipulating, getting drafted or, or trying to choose where you go is like, you're playing, playing with fire a little bit. Uh, because you never know what's going to be the best route for you anyways. Like as, as far as like in the OHL, right? Because you get drafted and you go to a team. Yep. And there's some teams, yes, you may may choose not to go or be less of a preference for you. Um, but, and, and when we got, when Charlie got drafted to Guelph, we're like, okay, that's that's pretty cool. It's pretty close, great organization, all that stuff. But you get drafted to Sault Ste. Marie. That's travel, man. Like these kids oh, are on yeah, the bus. Man. These kids are on the bus all the time, yeah. and and I'm not saying that's a bad thing because that's a whole other experience like, with your with your buddies and stuff. But like every road trip is three, well, the closest is three and a half hours to Sudbury. Closest, yeah. yeah. So you're they're on the road a lot. So whereas a team like Guelph, Mississauga, Hamilton, Oshawa, even yeah. London Kitchener, they're 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 all just a stone's throw s- away. Stone's throw away. <laughs> like a road trip, kitchen the Kitchener Guelph road trips twenty minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a big, huge advantage. It's almost like in the NHL. If you play on the West Coast, you're doing so much more travel than you are on the East Coast. But anyways, like, so I'm not saying that in a negative way. So just to be clear, because I wouldn't want to have someone to say, well, I don't want to play in the suit because it's awesome. Yeah. But it's like the difference in travel and stuff is so incredibly different. The, yeah, this is one of the big uh, key takeaway on that point is when you're not used to a travel schedule like that, even when you play in junior – if it's not the OHL where the road trips are a lot shorter, you yeah. might you you'll be going an hour between an hour and three hours, for the most part. Yeah. In our junior league, at least, if you're not used to that, it can be a freaking grind, man. Yeah. Like when you get back, you're getting back yeah. at eleven, twelve, one o'clock in the morning yeah. from whatever game you just had, and then you still got to bounce back and go to school the next day or yeah. go through life yeah. as you are supposed to. That's one thing that a lot of the kids are starting to realize, like talking with Jerv, talking with Charlie, talking with some of the other kids, it's like, it's constant and you can't recover. So it's like the grind is constant and it's not like you get to go to bed comfortably, like in an optimal circumstance. You know, we've talked about that a lot, trying to make the best of bad situations, but that's one of the biggest things that you need to adapt to, especially if you get the longer road trips. Like I remember coming back from from the travel stuff with, from the university where we get back at four thirty in the morning. Like Charlie was telling me they got back from the Sioux at four thirty in the morning or whatever. Yeah. After I think it was 5.30 on, actually. Yeah. After, after the game on Saturday night. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, you have Sunday off, but 
it's it's not even like it's an off day because right. it's like a catch up day. Catch up, yeah. It's not a get back to neutral yeah. and and better day. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're just you're taking that full 24 hours just to try to get back to baseline. Yeah. Not not even to a recovered state. Yeah. You know, yeah. so you can see how it can build. That's why those yeah. little habits are are really important as you well, start to get to higher levels. Yeah. So start thinking about like when people. Just a side note of the side note. You start thinking like in the NHL, like oh, how did you know, how did this team lose to this team? Like, they're better. And it's like, oh, if you actually took into account of the travel schedule that they had, the West Coast travels a heck of a lot more than the East Coast does. The same with the OHL, right? You might have a, let's say the Sioux or Erie or Ottawa Mm -hmm. have uh, have a really good team and they, you know, they were expected to win. All of a sudden they get, you know, they're just gassed out. They could be just totally gassed out from the travel, right? So there's advantages there, maybe disadvantages, I don't know. Well, and it it keeps ramping up too. Like you don't even have to deal with a time zone change. That's right. Like when when you get to the NHL or pro level, when you're going across the country, it's like you don't even think about how much that messes up your sleep when your circadian is just tossed in the trash because you have a three-hour time change that your yeah. body's not used to and then you have yeah. to play yeah and then you have to come back and then you're in your own time zone again it's like your body's just always yeah. like what the hell is going on so you can see yeah. why guys get super stressed out yeah it makes it all the more yeah. admirable and amazing that they can perform at that level consistently yeah. when their yeah. body is just taking a beating all day and the recovery is always suffering because of the travel type stuff yeah. you know so I mean, all the stuff even, people don't see you can even add to that now so if you play let's say Edmonton, if you play for the Edmonton Oilers versus maybe uh, Los Angeles Kings, where's the airport located? So you might get back at four in the morning or two in the morning and then get into, then you got to get home. So Edmonton is a lot smaller city. So I'm assuming that the airport is maybe half an hour drive. LA, it might be, who knows, could maybe another hour drive and maybe the traffic's heavier, maybe the nightlife's more. It just adds to that lack of sleep and stuff. Yep. So, so many things that play into performing. I know, and this is why it's so funny because we talked about this a little bit with the finance thing. It's like people don't see and people don't know what goes on behind the scenes right. at all. Right. So, it's I always laugh. I mostly laugh. Sometimes it, it kind of pisses me off because it's annoying. But I mostly laugh just when I hear people with their opinions about the athletes or who's not performing or he should be benched or that guy should be getting more ice or this guy sucks, trade him, like all this kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, maybe, but maybe you also just have no idea how it works yeah. and just shut up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's, oh, yeah, it's, maybe that guy is tired and he's traveled and he's got a, a nagging shoulder or a hip injury or, or a pinky finger. <clears throat> well, it's just a pinky. The, the one that holds your stick. Yeah, and it's that nagging one that every time you do something, it's like excruciating, right. and it just inhibits ninety percent of the yeah. stuff that you're doing. Yeah, but when you've never experienced anything yeah. like that, yeah. you have no frame of reference yeah. to yeah. have an opinion on what I, they're. I played, I played about two months, well, a little longer actually. So I got across the D. I was going to tuck one in in the uh, back back door, and I got a two hand across the. Um, thumb broke my thumb so I got that casted up and it was okay I was it was playable and then not two games later I went to hit somebody and I jammed this thumb and I dislocated this one so it jammed back and then they had to reset it really? so I'm walking around thumbless like this yeah so try holding the hockey stick let alone one hand I had no two thumbs. so playing with four fingers on each hand basically <clears throat> yeah well I, I got one no like one that. sees that right yeah I remember my my second year yeah my second year I got hit playoff series I had one of those hits where you just like both of us went. Yeah. 
So it looked like a nothing. Yeah. Ended up getting a partial tear in my AC. And the partial tears are the worst. Yeah. Because it's not enough where I'm going to get surgery to fix yeah. it. And if you don't take enough time off, it's just yeah. going to keep yeah. bugging you. Yeah. That's what happened my last year playing with my knee, right? Yeah. So I got a partial tear. So I don't know if anyone knows what KT tape is. Yeah. So it's like that stretchy tape that yeah. pulls. So I was had bionic arm every game. I was getting my shoulder like jammed up into where it's supposed to be. Amazing. And it got to the point where it was so bad that I couldn't engage in contact. Like yeah. if I was tried to stand somebody up in the corner or yeah. get in a hit, yeah. it was just, it hurt so bad. So yeah. it got to the point where I was letting guys blow me up because it was easier to try to like flop into the hit yeah. then try to be strong yeah. against the hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for two series, series and a half, <sighs> I'm like just getting blown up, which is never how I played. I always played with that like yeah. on the on the physical side. Yeah. But it was so bad. And if you're somebody who doesn't know that, I'm still playing. Yeah. Right? So you don't you don't see any yeah. of that. You don't see what it's like to have to yeah. handle pain like that. Yeah. And that's stuff like that athletes deal with all the time in yeah. all the sports. And it's not even just yeah. hockey, but especially in hockey where you got freaking yeah. guys with broken ribs and whatever yeah. knee problem and ankle problem and Achilles problem and whatever. So it's, yeah. it's funny. That's what Zach was saying one time. He's, it was his, Zach Cassian. It was his first or second year with Edmonton. And it was their first playoff run where they were playing Anaheim. And everybody remembers the shift. Because yeah. he went out there for a couple of shifts and he just, the, in the first game, the first couple of shifts, he yeah. just hammered Kessler, hammered someone out, like just hammered them. And then the next couple of games, it wasn't as much. And, and I didn't ask them the question, but we're talking about whatever it was. We're just doing like a short lap yapping on the ice. And he said, yeah. He goes, everybody was like, what, why, why didn't you keep doing it? He goes, well, I broke my finger on the first hit. And then there was a, another one that he tweaked something and he says, I couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> or else he'd be like broken man. Yeah. But exactly. people would never see that because he didn't go on. He doesn't go on the interview after like on the sitting at the podium with his hat backwards and sit there and said, so how was the game? He goes, okay, so today I broke a finger and I got a rib out of, you know, out yeah. of joint or whatever. I got a rib <laughs> out and uh Charlie horse. They don't, yeah. that's not what they do. Right. right? So people yeah. don't know. Yeah. It's, Just it's put a smile on. And yeah. It's an interesting topic, game. man. We're working hard. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I know. Yeah. It's good. People it's, don't it's, know. Well, it's good perspective for people that don't know. So hundred percent. Very interesting. So, um, we had a, a topic come up the other day. Someone asked about confidence. It's a thing that comes up a lot. Confidence. It's so a very popular, yeah. popular request. This sorry before you go though. Yeah, yeah. This is one of those things where it's so non-specific. Yeah, I know. Because we were talking about this. Somebody else sent in a question about talking about hockey sense. Yeah. Right. And the problem with these kinds of topics is there's no context to what exactly we're talking about. So if you're talking about hockey sense, like which part? Yeah. Like are you talking about the ability to make plays? Are you yeah. talking about the ability to do things positionally that are correct, which would be different depending on what your role is? So there's a lot of different ways you can go with it. So it makes some of the more abstract uh, topics hard to really specify and get yeah. in and give you like a specific prescription. Because that's I find when we talk about anything for most of our podcasts, we try to give actual real things you can use in life, not just... Yeah. Uh, roundabout discussion about things that you mm -hmm. can't use. So I, I, we try to keep it as specific as we can, but that's what makes topics like this tricky because it's really depends on what exactly you're talking about. Even when you're talking about confidence, it's not like that means one thing. You know, there's a lot of yep. different elements to it. So we're yep. trying to cover as much as we can, but I just want to yeah. give that as a yeah. little prelude. Well, I even had a question 
this is about five years ago, a dad asked me, he goes, can you, can you give my son some confidence? And I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, just even at home and stuff, he doesn't have confidence. I'm like, well, that's a, that's a loaded question. Yeah, it's a loaded question, but there are things you can do, Yeah, but that's a loaded question. And then there's a point where you have to be the dad and yeah, seriously, yeah. <laughs> help out with that a little bit. Right. Yeah. But in terms of hockey, like we can help with that a bit. It'll spill over to life a little bit too. And of course, as we do this, I would like to touch on how the player can uh, work on it himself and then how the coaches and parents can help with this. And uh, just to be clear, some coaches will not help with this because it's not their thought process. But anyways, so what what, what is confidence? So, you know, in the general, uh, it just means like you got the feeling of certainty. That's all. That's what confidence is. And description. so obviously, if you if you're not confident, then you're lacking certainty certainty in what you're doing or what you're thinking or whatever, right? So that's that's pretty clear. Um, my question would be, and I guess it's a question that comes up a lot, is like, how do you build confidence in your kid or in yourself or whatever? So from, I'll, I'll take it from a hockey player's perspective is how do you build confidence? Well, for me, and I want you to pipe in any time, for me, it's, it goes it goes to the, uh, um, it goes to mental toughness, but this is hard for kids to really grasp, but but this is, and it's not necessarily the nicest thing to hear, but it's, it's about mental toughness. It's, it's understanding that you have a choice sometimes. Okay, you have, you do have a choice sometimes. It's like what you tell yourself, it's, it's what you think about, will produce confidence. But for me, confidence is doing something where you can see some success in something, right? So like if we're talking hockey, how do I build confidence in hockey? A lot of times if we're not confident in other areas of our life, then it's going to be hard because we just don't have that confidence to really do anything, right? You're doubting yourself in a lot of things. So I would say find something that you can kind of measure or you can, you can I don't even know if measure is a word, but something that you can build confidence with. And, uh, like, for example, go and consistently work out, right? Because you put yourself in an uncomfortable situation or maybe even unfamiliar or whatever. And by consistently working out, what you've done is you've given yourself a measuring stick that, oh, when I say something, I can, I, when I say I'm going to do something, I can do it, even though it's just one aspect of your life. But what happens is, like, for example, in working out is if you go to the gym or you run every day, whatever way you want to do it is there's side benefits from just that you told yourself you're going to do something consistently. The side benefits are, Oh, I ran or I lifted, let's say lifting. I, I lifted, I squatted the first time and it hurt. And, uh, I, I put the bar on my back and I got five sets of five reps, but over a period of time, I've been able to add a little bit of weight and I get more reps. Just that's very, very basic. Yep. But what that's done is it's given you confidence. Like, okay, I can actually, I can do this task. And basically by doing anything, by doing it, even if you fail and doing it again, you will get better and it, it will breed confidence. So that the other side benefit of just the weightlifting and stuff is that after doing it for a while, you're going to notice that your body starts to get a little harder, a little, little, stronger so that's it's building a, another sense of confidence oh i i i'm doing something i'm getting results i'm looking better if i look better i'm probably going to feel better 
if I feel better, I'm probably going to act better and I'm going to treat myself better and I'm going to, people are going to look at me differently. So it's by doing one thing, you build out. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. I, I'm going to yeah. tighten it up there. The, so the gym thing is nice because it's, I don't know if it's not even just the gym thing. I think any physical skill mm-hmm. is the easiest thing to use as an example because it's, you can see it, Yeah. you know? So we always talk about things in terms of the working out because it's something that you'll see, you'll develop and you'll get to, you'll get to see measurable progress in a short period of time, especially when you first start because you get the newbie gains, right? Yeah. When you're new to something, your mm-hmm. learning curve is much quicker when yeah. you're, as you get more and more towards an expert level, it's a lot harder to improve. So because you get the newbie gains, you'll see things quick and then you'll get some confidence that way because you'll be, you'll trust in your ability to do things. You'll be able to see that there's actually something that works to make you better and all that kind of stuff. But you can take that out and you can do it with anything like you mentioned. So for me, one thing that I learned, this is like a psychology thing. If you take people that are scared of something and you're trying to get them to get over it and to not be scared of it anymore, then you have to expose them to the thing that they're scared of. But it's not you force them. It's they have to voluntarily decide they're going to do it. And that actually works. And that makes people less scared or more confident in that situation that they're in facing that thing that they're doing. So one example that I remember hearing one, uh, there's a a lady, she was scared of elevators. I was just going to say this one. Is this the one? Yeah. She said she was scared of elevators. So what they would do in their psychology session is they would say, okay, well, can you stand in an elevator? And she would say, no. Can you look at an elevator? No. Can you go within 10 feet of an elevator? No. Can you look at a picture of an elevator? She said, yes. It's like, okay, we'll look at a picture of an elevator then. So they show her the picture of the elevator and she freaks out a little bit, but then she looks at it and then she's okay. And then they progressed from there to the point where she could go and stand in the elevator yep. and the doors could close and it was fine. Yeah. And this is how this is obviously that's an extreme example, obviously, but this is how you build confidence. You have to voluntarily expose yourself to the thing yeah. that or the situation or the circumstance where you don't feel confident. So yeah. that could be like public speaking is a good one. Well, it was a podcast for me. Yeah. Podcast. This, exactly. this, this right Video here, stuff. it was when I was in sales, when I got, when I was in marketing and sales with that big company I was with. It was picking up the phone because this is what I was talking about. The mental, the mental side of it is, is, is if you think too much about it, it doesn't happen, right? You talk yourself right out of things. Mm-hmm. So as a hockey player, let's say you're a big guy and, and, and you're playing a tough team and you know that they, like back in my days, it was a lot of fighting. If you think about the fight all day, is you, you, you're going to freeze, right? You got to learn how to, to, to just get into the fight. Not, I'm not saying yeah, yeah. go go fight, but it's it's not worry about it and just do what's important now, right? Yeah. What's important now all the time, and don't think too much, just live in the moment. So that's why I was talking about being uh, um, how to build the confidence is like mental toughness is kind of part of it, right? But uh, um, but like so when I was in sales, it was like picking up that phone, like okay, I'm this 25 or 23 year old guy phoning a guy that runs a big company. What's he going to think? Like, and if you start thinking about that, then you'll talk yourself right out. And if then, if you don't, so, so the biggest thing was just picking up that phone and guess what's going to happen probably your first time. Like I'll tell you exactly what happens. You pick up the phone and you're trying to make money, right? So you're trying to get money out of this guy's jeans. So when you call him, it's in your voice at first. And you're, you, you know, I had a, probably a voice crackling like a 14 year old boy 
And uh, yeah, like, and it was terrible and I failed, right? And the failure piece was actually the good part because it's, it, it forces you to do it again if you want to continue on this. So what happens after a while is you make 10 calls and they, and you might quit that day because it's, it's hard and you get rejected. But by the continuation of, of doing the uncomfortable thing, all of a sudden that it's just a phone call now, like really what's going to happen. And then you have maybe some guy goes, yeah, yeah, come on and see me. Yeah, I'll talk to you about that. Sounds good. So now you're, you raise your confidence a bit. And they can knock it right down yep. by saying, yeah, get out of here. This is crap. But you do it over and over and that becomes a comfortable thing. And it just becomes part of what you do every single day. And I was saying this about the podcast too. How I got into the, like how we got into this is I took a course. Every year I like to take a course in something. So the one year I took it in, uh, in it was a business course. So the first task they had us do is doing Facebook, um, do, a, do a, a, a two to four minute for 10 days in a row, two times a day. Of um, what do they call it? Vlogs. Yeah, vlog. Yeah. And I'm like, no, but it was part of the course, and I had to, had do, to do it. And uh, fortunately, I had a business to talk about, but I didn't want to be on Facebook. So the first time I did it, I'm like, oh come on, man. And then, and I never enjoyed doing it. But then it was like became pretty pretty simple. I had stuff to talk about. So what it did is it revealed that actually, yo, you actually have a brain, man. You know, like you actually can do something that you never thought you would or didn't think was in your wheelhouse. So then when, when we decided to do podcasting, I already built a, uh, a comfortability in front right. of that camera, which I, I still like, it's weird to me yeah. and the microphone, which is weird, but now it's like, yeah, we can do a podcast 24 hours a day. I don't no problem. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's now I'm confident with it and I, I'm confident that I have something to say and yeah. And I have, the, I have a similar thing. Cause I was always a uh, people that anyone who knows me personally is I never had social media. Yeah. I had it for a brief period, like in grade 11, whatever. And then I was, took a hiatus until I started working here full time because it's a good tool. Yeah. And even now I was just talking to my Christine about this the other night. It was like, I'm going to, I'm starting to do uh TikToks on my channel yeah. of me speaking yeah. because that is like an insecurity for me for sure. It's yeah. like hearing my own voice on a yeah. video and posting it out where everyone can see it. It's out there. You're vulnerable, like yeah. in that kind of sense. And that's something I was not not comfortable doing. I'm still not comfortable doing it, but I'm trying to do exactly what we're talking about here. I'm trying to force myself yeah. to face that. Yeah. And that's a huge part of building confidence is the ability to face a fear or face an insecurity and confront it voluntarily, like go after it right away. Because exactly to your point, you're going to mess it up and all that kind of stuff. But it's really important to know that nothing happens, yeah. right? Your mental feeling that's nothing physical. That's just your own mentality yeah. getting in your way. Yeah. But if you just weigh it for what it is in actuality, just objectively looking at it, like nothing happens. Like you're fine. You wake up tomorrow mm -hmm. and you get to go do something else. Yeah. You know? And not, so, not many people actually care. Well, this, I wrote, that's exactly <laughs> oh, what I wrote you? down. I wrote down right here. No one thinks about it as much as you. You know? And I mm -hmm. think those, are, those two points are so important for people to understand is yeah. no one cares about it as much as you do. Yeah. Like no one is thinking about this or analyzing it the way that you are, number yeah. one, yeah. and understanding that you're going to be okay regardless of what the outcome is, putting those in your head yeah. and understanding that that is the reality will help you to face that fear. Because even if, I, I love the example because most kids can't stand talking in front of people. Right. And we talked about it when we do some of the interview prep with these yeah. kids that they have a mouse voice and they're scared to be loud and yeah. to speak. And we're sitting there just like, be louder. Like, yeah. we don't care. Like, yeah. just be louder. Yeah. <laughs> you know, talk as if we were talking not in this setting. Right. 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 And the kids don't understand that. And public speaking is another good example of that. When you have to give a speech in grade school yeah. or whatever, 
very difficult thing to do for whatever reason because you're at the front all the attention's on you you feel like you're exposed and vulnerable and that's understandable it's one of the biggest fears what do people think yeah exactly yeah, right? what are, what are and, people gonna think about me and understanding that nothing is going to happen even if you butcher it even if you forget your lines even if you say the wrong thing even if you turn really beat red like no one actually cares no and they're glad it's not them yeah they're good yeah seriously <laughs> you know yeah. and they all most people feel the same way that you feel yeah you know so and that's part of building building your confidence is you have to put yourself in the situation where you know you're not strong voluntarily do that understand that you're going to be okay and understand that no one actually cares that much even if you get the one dick that is going to chirp you for it or whatever after yeah it doesn't matter they have their own problems and insecurities and whatever the vast majority of people don't think about it as much as you do yeah and so that's you can do that with any any life and any life task that you're doing you can do it as a hockey player you can do it with certain skills whatever insecurity you have as a as a hockey player like one for a lot of people might be being physical like getting into the jam of it just go do it like you'll be okay yeah you know and so there's so many ways that you can go with it but that's like the framework of the yeah. mental framing that you need to try to build some confidence for yourself, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So we frame that out. We use different examples. But when it comes to hockey, it comes now it's like what part of the confidence are you um, lacking or what part do you want to build? Well, you should be trying to build all of it. Um, and, you know, like if it's your shooting, then you, you know, we know the answer already. I didn't say it, but you shoot more pucks. Yeah. You, if it's, if it's, uh, the big game, like all these, whatever the confidence is, or the coach, I don't think he trusts me. So I'm, I'm getting off a little bit because there's a point where you have to make decisions on whether you're going to let someone else control you. And that's the losing confidence part, right? Yeah. So I, and this is where I'm going to probably go all over the place. But so, okay. so, so what are you going to gonna go game, into? Hang on, sorry. Are you yeah, going to go ahead. into that? Because I, I want to do one more example. Go ahead. Yeah, go, you go ahead before first. Before you switch it. So... It's, it's easier to do this if it's a specific skill or something that you can control. Mm-hmm. What if it's something that you can't control? So what if it's something like as a hockey player, I'm small, yeah. right? Yeah. Or what if it's, I, don't, I can't think of another example at the moment, but what if it's something okay. that you don't have direct control over? What do you do with that kind of situation where right. I can't work on being taller? Yeah, no, you know? for sure. I was that. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, you want, you want yeah, me to yeah. answer? Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that's going to go into what I was kind of okay, going to say. Yep. Um, this is the thing is, you know, and, and ironically enough, yesterday my buddy called me and uh, he talks about this stuff all the time. He's very good at it. Um, but what, what, here's the question, right? Is this is where it's mental. And this is why visualizing is so effective because you're seeing yourself do something well, right? You're seeing yourself in a successful place. Your self-talk is very important because you have, you have a choice of what you're going to say. So it's like Dr. Novatsky said one day when we were had him on our podcast and he's a sports psychologist. He says, when you're watching a TV show and, or you, the TV's on at home, if you're watching something that you just think it's a horrible show or TV show, you, you don't, most people don't sit there and go, this is horrible. Like, why do they do this? I wish they wouldn't do that. And you sit there for two hours watching it and complaining and saying, well, this is a waste of time. Like, this is absolutely ridiculous. What do you, what do, you do? You change the channel. That's what you do. Because I'm not going to put, why am I going to waste my time watching this or this is not what I'm interested in? And if people could tune that into their own brain, and actually that's why that book, 
the uh, power of now was so helpful for me because it was teaching me how to get in my own head to get out of my own head. Like actually think about what your thoughts are. So if, if here's a, here's a neat thought. This is what my buddy was telling me yesterday. He just said it in a really neat way. He said, if you could sit there with yourself and do what we're doing right now, put me across from me or you across from you and actually look at you speak and listen to what's going on in your head and just close your mouth and listen to yourself. And you're, all right. So there's me, I'm looking at me and me's talking to me and telling me what's going on in my head. What would that conversation be like? Would you be looking at this guy going, what are you talking about? Most people would be doing that. Like, why yeah. are you beating yourself up like that? Yeah. Because what is most people's self-talk or thoughts is, okay, let's just keep it hockey right now. It goes like, oh, my, oh God, those guys are big. Uh, I, uh, it's a big game. Uh, I hope I can score a goal. Like, oh, man, I wish I would have scored there. Like, man, I've been playing like shit lately. And, well, that's not a good channel. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And if you sat there across from yourself, yeah. you'd go over there and you'd smack yourself. You'd say, don't talk about yourself like that. It's stupidity. Yeah. Right? What would you what you should be saying to yourself is uh, maybe how can I get to the net more? How can I score more? How can I finish hits? How can I be better? And and actually telling yourself and visualizing yourself the great things about yourself as a player, as a person. So if you if you do that, like we would talk ourselves out of everything if we actually and that's why we lack success in a lot of times in confidence, because if you listen to what you've actually told yourself, not only for the last hour, but for since you're the day you were born. You've learned how to tell yourself how bad you are at things, yeah. Instead of how good you are at things, and that's like it's number one to me, like really. And it's a, and and now this is this is deep, like actually, this is deep. And people don't just like a ten year old kid's not just sitting there. Oh, okay, I'm going to visualize and start telling myself good things, right? But it's your channel that you're watching, and you have a choice. So that's that's where parents can really be very very helpful. Oh yeah, right now problem with that is like parents have just a lot more years of that self-talk right yeah, they probably have it themselves yeah well yeah that's like 100 percent. but this is where you can be actually helpful and, and you know you get it you can do it together right so when kids are beating themselves up or they're not doing well because you can all see it or, or, or even our words to our kids like to my kid it's like if i don't say the right thing it could be effective of good or bad mm -hmm. right so that's one of the things that i think parents could really be effective with is just you know, I had a bad game. So, well, let's let's talk about it. Like, let's let's talk about what you think a bad game and why. And well, wh how do we fix it? Or what are the positives to it? And let's work on the positives and finding solutions. Right. That's how your confidence is going to get built. And what can we do? So, I know it's like for younger kids, even for parents, it might be hard to actually say. Like, if, you, if I was to tell you, and I believe this with the bottom of my heart, if you don't read a book. Or if you don't spend time reading a little bit of something that's going to be beneficial to you, I don't know how you're going to develop it. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah, totally. I got two on that one. Just as you're talking, I was re remembering a story when I played T-ball. Yeah. I think I used this story before in one of the past episodes, but my dad was one of the assistant coaches when I was like seven. And my, my dad is, <clears throat> he can be like a motivating dude. Like when he talks yeah. and he gets in his flow, like yeah. talk, especially for little kids, like, big big guy like yeah. mean looking yeah and he so he was pretty motivating and when we talk to our team one of the things he used to always say was that like everyone on the team is equal which isn't true right depending on what you mean by equal yeah. right 
So everyone's on this team. Everyone made it. In that sense, we're all equals. Yeah. We all have equal value and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But in terms of who's better, obviously, there's varying skill levels, right? But that's one thing that he used to hammer into our heads. So some of the weaker kids on our team, he used to always ask guys individually, like, who's better than you? He would ask that actual question. Yeah. And our answer, yeah, everyone would always answer. say, standard answer was no one. Yeah. Like, we're all equal. Yeah. Like, we're all here. We all contribute. We all can contribute. We all have the capacity to contribute. And I remember one of the weaker kids on our team, it was like, we were in like our final tournament in Toronto or something like that. And one of the weaker kids on our team, he was hitting at like the bottom of the batting order, like one of those guys. And he came in with this like clutch hit, like primetime clutch hit, like cleared the bases, got a couple runs that were big in this game, whatever. And I still remember it. I'll never forget his face. I still remember it. I was like seven or eight or whatever. And he came back, like he touched home plate, came back to after he got back to the to the dugout. And my dad did that. My dad went on one knee, looked right at him. And he was just like, who's better than you? And That's he just awesome. said it. He's like, no one. Like yeah. lighten up. Yeah. And this was a kid that was weak. He was, yeah. not, he was not a strong yeah. player. Yeah. But you it's really important that what you're telling yourself yeah. and how you frame things for yourself can either make you feel like you're like, you know, validated and good enough and all that kind of stuff or the opposite. And so for this kid who actually wasn't as good as most of the guys on our team had an attitude of like, I'm equal to these guys. Like yeah. I can contribute to this yeah. team, you know, and for his confidence, like what did that do for his confidence yeah. playing as a baseball player, as a young kid? Like, I'm sure that was huge for him. Yeah. And I don't even know if you'd remember that story. I would actually be yeah, curious I, to I, ask I, him, but yeah. But anyways, so I remember that, you telling me that before. Yeah, that, that was my that was my one point. And then the other thing I was going to say is if it is something that you maybe don't have as much control over. So if you're a smaller guy or whatever, like the example you're we giving, the beauty of life now, is, especially with social media and how everything's connected, is you can find an example of 100%. someone who's exactly like you that did it, that did the task that you're trying to accomplish. So one of the this is a, a question that we get all the time from guys that are small is like I'm smaller what do I do kind of thing mm -hmm. and there's not one answer there's a lot of things you can do yeah. but go find someone that's yeah. like you yeah and find out what they did you know how can you follow in that in that path if you're a shorter smaller not as thick of a kid and you're trying to be a hockey player that go watch Brennan Gallagher go watch how he plays he's small yeah. he can do it go watch whatever other small guy you want to watch it's like even if you never grow an inch, which with for most kids, like a lot of them just haven't grown yet, yeah. and they'll all be average size because Usually. the average is the yeah. average somewhere. So most of them are going to be in the range anyways. Yeah. So sometimes it's just patience. But yeah. even if if you feel like you're smaller, one thing is like maybe you haven't grown. But number two is go find a kid that's small. Yeah. Go find a, a player that yeah. succeeded that's exactly like you. Yeah, and they'll tell you what happened. Like yeah. you'll find them talking about what happened and what they had to do. Because someone has asked them that question. Yeah. Well, you're a smaller guy. How did you? How do you make it work? What do you? What do you do to make it work? Yeah. And most of them are gonna say, "Well, I never, I never think of myself as being small. I try to play bigger. I try to compensate by making sure I'm grinding and playing hard and yeah. whatever." Like they'll, yeah. they'll tell you. They'll tell you exactly what yeah. you need to do. Yeah, so yeah. that's another great thing you can do as a yeah. exercise if you're not feeling confident in something you can't control. You can yeah. find someone who did it with that same issue that you're having. Yeah, 100. percent And like I was just gonna say the same thing about you know the things that you are out of your control. It's like, so if we use the small example, it's like, okay, so you know that then you're smaller, right? Okay. We know that. So it's, it's it comes down to like that mental toughness again, like, or, and if when you're a kid or parent, you might not use that term, but it's like, what's the solution? It's okay. We can sit there and say, well, I'm small. And you hear that over and over. Then you've talked yourself out of, uh, not out of it. You've talked yourself into believing that you're small or too small to do something.
So what's what can you do? You can control what you can control. Okay, well, you can't make yourself taller. So what can I do? Well, I can make myself faster, possibly. I can make myself smarter, like maybe develop a brain for the ice. I could make myself like really, really hard to play against and have a really, really, you know, a really big bite instead of just, you know, the bark. Um, so you can do that and you can make yourself like extremely strong, like built like a fire hydrant. Those are things that you can actually control. And then as you're doing those things, it's a solution. And when you have a solution, you work towards it, then you're actually are building confidence so that, you know, no one, people used to say Ty Domi was small. Well, he's small, but he used to beat the crap out of every guy in the NHL. So he didn't care about small. It was like, it was his fuel. Right. So like. For everything that goes against you, you can make it a, an asset, right? If you're, if you're, let's, so let's say you're a heavier set kid, right? Like that's, you can control that to a certain degree, but some guys just have a little bit of a fat gene, right? Like if they look at a carbohydrate or if they look at food, they gain a couple yeah, pounds, right? Yeah. So, okay. If you know that's a, that's a thing together, your family, whatever, especially when you're young, it's like in the right way, deal with it. Yep. Right. I know that I, I got to be careful. I have to, maybe I have to exercise a little bit more, but that's, a, that's a thing. So yep. you you use that, and it's the same with maybe you're just a skinny kid. Okay, well, we know what we have to work on, and uh, you might have to work out a little harder, eat a little bit more, and maybe you're gonna stay skinny. But there's there's what you can control, like right, control the controllables. It's like do what you can do to get, make yourself better. But then it, it and the thing that you're so focused on might not be the thing that's actually the thing, right? Yep. So yeah, so confidence. It's, it's a really uh, interesting thing, but I, I think it comes down to. And you can't be just, if you fix, I, I think that's why I said it spills over in different things. Because if you do, if you do one thing that helps you in that area, then you're probably going to go into another thing. Oh yeah. Like, okay, so let's just go back to lifting weights, right? So if you start going to the gym and you start working out, well, okay, so you start getting some results. I don't think, I, I know it doesn't stop there because now your interest starts to expand. Your interest expands into what? Well, maybe I want to learn how to get stronger faster, or maybe I want to do it specifically to a hockey bar. How do I make my legs better, right, stronger or whatever? So what might probably is going to happen is you're going to grab a book, a magazine, or an article and start to read. And when through that little bit of reading, you're going to gain a little bit of knowledge. So now you've got a little bit of strength plus a little bit of knowledge, and it makes you just a little bit more, another bullet for the for the gun. Mm-hmm. And then you might get really interested in that and read a little bit more and that might spill into some diet stuff. And now you've got two, three things you're touching on. And then it might touch on to, you know, how do you leverage that body on the ice or maybe look at a a specific player's workout and say, Oh, okay. So now you're interested in someone ideal to you. It might open, expand into, you might lead into an article that this guy talked about his challenge. Oh, it's the exact same thing as mine. And it's just your brain opens up. So it's like, one thing leads to another, to another, to another, if you're interested. Yep. Right. But if, if pity parties and, and, uh, and, and just saying, I just lacking confidence, it's like, be careful with that. Yeah. Right. Well, th- this is why that you mentioned that for, for, it's actually our very first episode with, uh, Dr. Jason. He, he, that, that episode's awesome, man. If you guys yeah. haven't watched it or listened to it yet, he talks about this kind of stuff. It's like, you got it. You can only control what you can control. Yeah. And so make sure you're focused on things that you can control. Yeah. Because there's a lot to fix there, yeah. you know. Especially uh, the small guy is just an easy example. But it's like if you can't, you can't fix that. Well, what about all the other things you can fix that you're not fixing because right. you're so busy focused yeah. on being small? 
Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of levers you can pull where it doesn't have to be you're you're out for yeah. everything. And then to your point, it snowballs, man. You yeah. do one thing, it leads to the next, it leads to the next, it leads to the next. I got guys on Saturdays. I don't know. Some of the people probably watch some of them. We go, I do the TikTok lives yeah. where I talk with the kids between the two workout groups and it's normally something to do with off ice, something yeah. to do with recovery, nutrition stuff. So the last three have been more nutrition based and I'm getting some of these kids, I'm exposing them to information that I never had. I had it. I didn't start figuring it out till I was like 22, 23. Yeah. I'm giving them information that I didn't never had. So now they're like, whoa, like there's all this stuff. But what's happening is now they're coming back to me with a question yeah. about it. You know, they're coming back. Okay, how do I make this work for me? Like, what do I, so I, I get this, this, and this, but I don't really know what this means. And then we talk about it. I had another kid, I had a kid here two nights ago where I went right through like a, how to figure out what, how many calories you need and what your macros are as a ballpark to get started. And you can see when I'm explaining it to them, they're just like, holy, like I've never heard any of this ever. Yeah. But now you have. Yeah. So you just got your zero to one jump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so now... And some of the kids obviously are more dialed in than others, but if that means they go home and think, oh, I need to eat protein at every meal, it's like, that's huge. That's a huge yeah. boost, yeah. you know, and that's going to lead to body composition changes and yeah. growth and things that they yeah. need that they want. So yeah. if they're a little bit insecure about their size or how their results are going in the gym or this kid with his shirt off looks jacked and I don't or whatever, yeah. they just took one plus in, into the... Yeah. into the land of you're going to get beyond that track, that same yeah. track that some of these other guys are on, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that snowball effect is huge, man. You can't, you can't underestimate that you get from zero to one in a certain topic and then it just freaking snowballs, yeah. man. It's way easier. The growth will be exponential in how much knowledge and your ability to do things that benefit you in the way that you want. If you yeah. can, you know, just take the first step that you need, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. There's a lot of things you cannot control, but I can tell you one thing is that if you, work on being the most competitive person that 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 will build a lot of confidence you're just going to win battles with that yeah just being battle 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 and just be the hardest not the hardest the hardest worker but just be really really ultra competitive and um, a lot of good things happen from there right yep. just winning a little battles here and there so that's that one's that um what about losing confidence because that's the big topic right because it, i'm framing that like this is where it comes from most of the time is a lot of people will blame other people for their confidence. And, and I get that. I get that yeah. because I look in, uh, I look in like, okay, so this is at a much higher level, but let's say the OHL now, and when you get in it at, or junior at any level, you get to the higher levels where it's actually coaches are paid to, to win games and uh, there's age differences and stuff like that. First year players can claim to lose confidence. Okay. So the question is why? Right. So when someone says they lose, they've lost confidence, like, I don't know if that's actually what it is when parents say that, but I think it's, they're saying that the, it seems like the coach doesn't have confidence in them, but that's, that's a choice now. And I know that yeah. sounds harsh. And for a young kid, it's, it's hard to deal with. So like you take a, excuse me, a first year OHL guy and he's used to playing a little bit and then he's sitting on the bench and he feels like he's doing well but he's not getting the ice or not getting the chance. It's like internally he's going, okay, coach doesn't trust me, which that's part, that's partially true. So yeah. that's uncertainty of, of uh, yeah. a belief in you. Right. So, but that doesn't mean that you have to listen to that. But what it does mean is you might have to fight through it, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that you, um, that that story has to be true. Right. It's going to take some fight and that's okay. Right. So losing confidence, like, 
one of our one of our guests, doctor, said this one time. Is that because I said when I played my first year of junior, it was I was a typical rookie, right? I couldn't believe it, and I said it's kind of like shook my confidence. And he goes, "No, no, no, it didn't." I said, "Well, kind of did." He goes, "No." He goes, "It's you sure it wasn't how you interpreted the message?" <laughs> I thought about it. I said, "Yeah, that could be very, very true." But and I, 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 for the sake of the podcast, I didn't want to argue all day with him. Yeah, yeah. But as there are times that I'm not saying that I'm right here, there are times where it comes across like there's there's really. If you don't understand, like, no, I, how do I say this? If you're, just, if you're, if you don't even get the opportunity because other people are getting it because they're older, all those different things, it's like you, it, it can shake your confidence because you're sitting there going, I don't think he believes in me. You don't have a chance to actually pr- prove it. And it wasn't like, for me, it wasn't, there wasn't a message that I was interpreting wrong. It was just, I wasn't able to interpret anything, which I think is fair to say with a lot of people. Because yeah. a lot of times communication goes down. Like, not every coach in every situation says, down. oh, did you? <laughs> Not every coach in every situation says, okay, um, here's the message. So don't listen to the tone or anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Just li- listen to the words and then work on this because this will help your confidence. That's not how it's done. Yeah. A lot of times it's just, uh, yeah, next line up and there's no communication. Right. Right. If they would have said, okay, you're going to get two shifts this game and I, I do believe in you, but it's just, you know, the long story but, and that makes you feel better than fine, but that's not the way it goes. Yep. So I can understand where a, a, a player sit there and goes and start losing confidence. So taking the, so his terms were listen to the message, not the tone, which I agree with. So it's like, I've said to all the kids that I talked to, I said like the one thing you could, when you, if the coach says, I need you to, uh, you know, pat you on the back and say, listen, I really like, I really want you to forecheck harder. Or if he does it, the opposite says like, you're not working hard, man. I need you to forecheck harder. It's the exact same message. So you got to listen to the message. But if that's not the case, you have to be tough enough to not get lost in the shuffle in your own head. And then parents, if you can, be aware of that. We're not all vaults where nothing leaks in and can affect us. We have to go through this and process it, right? Yeah. You know, that's, you gonna say well, that, that, that's a good point because that's another thing that's important to remember is this is a natural cycle of going through things in yeah. life. You're going to have periods where you feel good about stuff. Yeah. You're going to have periods where you don't. Yeah. And understanding that as well, that this yeah. is part of the deal. Like yeah. sometimes it's going to be good. Sometimes yeah. it's going to be bad. That's a huge thing that can help too. Just yeah. understanding that yeah. alone. Right. But the other, the other part that I was going to, I was going to say about that is when people say I've lost confidence or whatever, to, and you're kind of talking around yeah. saying this is a lot of times they say it with the implication, like someone needs to give it back to me. Yeah. You know, like someone, yeah. someone else like took it from me and they need to help me to get it back. And they don't say that they'll say I lost confidence, yeah. but they kind of are implying like, well, if I just had someone better on my line yeah. or whatever, they have their poopy pants party. Yeah. That's a lot of times the way people talk about it. Mm-hmm. And it's, and I remember doing it in junior too. I did the same thing. Cause I remember sitting, we've given that example a lot where we just sit there and we're like, Hey coach, yeah. like yeah. whatever, you know, and it's my coach's fault. If you would just play me, yeah. you know, and and to the communication piece, I, I don't want to derail the conversation, but a lot of people talk about this when I post videos about communicating. They'll say, because we'll say stuff like, it doesn't matter what your coach is like, yeah. you need to be able to do X, Y, Z. And people will be like, well, the coach should be blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but what like, if he's not? Yeah, but what if he's not? Exactly, <laughs> right? So you need to have a strategy. Yeah. You know, you need to have a strategy. If your boss or your coach or your teacher or whatever, they don't communicate this way, 
then you're just going to sit there and be like, well, it's their fault because yeah. they're not telling me what they yeah. need or whatever. It's like, no, yeah. that's not a good strategy. You're yeah. just, so you're just going to be in the hole and, and die because you don't have someone telling you what, exactly what you need to do. No, you need something that's going to help you figure it out. Yeah. You know, and that's what you're, what you're talking about. You need to have a strategy for, for figuring it out, which is whatever the message is that you do receive, because sometimes you're going to receive it yeah. in whatever way the coach decides to say it. You yeah. need to be able to extract out that message, not, not the tone. And the other part of it is we've talked about this before too. If you're feeling like you don't have confidence and this is going to go to like the insecurity part that we talked about before is go and talk to the coach, even if they don't talk to you. And that's a difficult thing to do. That's yeah. something that everybody's scared of when they're, when they're young is go talk, yeah. go initiate a conversation yeah. with your coach. That's a really difficult thing to do. Yeah. But every single time I've done it, and I remember, I remember this when like my first couple years playing junior two, my dad used to tell me, if you don't like it, go talk to your coach. And I would do that. I already know what he's going to say. He's going to tell yeah, me, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And nothing is going to be better. And he's pissing me off. So I don't want to go talk to him and yeah. eh, cross yeah. my arms and yeah. take my football and go home. Yeah. And every time without fail that I talked to my coach at any level, any time, I always felt better about it after. Because there was something constructive that I could take from that conversation. Yeah. So if you are in a position where your coach doesn't talk to you or you feel like you've lost confidence and you don't know where to go, you have no answer, go and talk to the coach. You initiate it, you know? Yeah. And if you're young, you can initiate it or your parents can help you initiate it. You know, parents can reach out to coach if you're yeah. 12, yeah. 11, 10, whatever, yeah. and say, hey, like my and, son- And different levels of conversation exactly, is right? more appropriate for an adult than right. a child. So please don't like read into that appropriately. Like if you're nine- like it's, it, I know I'm not, you're not going to call up coach on your cell phone and say, Hey, can we talk? Right. You know, mom and dad help your kid, yeah. but that's something that you can do. If you feel like you don't have the confidence parents, you can talk to your kids about it, uh, about it as well. Like it's important that communication thing, just getting things out and yeah. talking about it can be really helpful. Yeah. But this goes back now as the losing confidence thing. This goes back to your self talking that, that channel that you're watching and the, that guy sitting across from you, that's you and listening to what this person's saying. So if you're telling yourself like the coach doesn't have confidence in you, that's going deep. Mm -hmm. That's going deep in your psyche, and and you're probably going to act on that. If you find all, and then you're going to find all the reasons why he doesn't, and it's just making it worse. So you could you could you have to sit there, and this is where for the young people, parents got to help a little bit. It's like what's important now? What's what can I do? What can I control? So maybe it's your. Let's just I don't want to make it a coach thing. Let's just say you're not you're not scoring. And you're, you think you're a goal scorer. It's like, okay. Um, it's not like you're losing confidence. You just haven't, are you working on it? Right? There's nothing has really changed. It's your, your belief. So like put in your head that you're actually, like the visualization, the the uh, the practice, some extra practice and see yourself actually doing well. Because at some point the coach is going to play you. Right? And, and, just that self-talk to yourself, man. It's it's huge, and that's that's what's that will that's what'll keep it. It's going to take some time, but it's just work through, and that's a, that's a confidence builder in itself. Yeah, and it, there's a lot of it's funny because we talk about all these different topics, and they all kind of interweave yeah. with each other. So I, we're the episode we did a couple of weeks ago, well, getting out of a slump. Yeah. So we're going to go back to the same thing we talk about in almost every episode at some point is an actual strategy for getting yourself back doesn't have to be a slump, it could be a confidence thing, could be whatever, is you have to have something that you can actually work on, yeah. you know? So if you just say, I don't have confidence, I need someone to give me my confidence back, or 
you go meet with your coach and he talks to you and it's just like an abstract conversation of just like, oh, just keep working hard and like you're, you'll get the bounces. The bounces are going to come and, and just keep doing the right things. And there's no actual thing you can work on, then it'll be difficult to build it back because you don't have something to focus on to try to get yourself yeah. out of it. Yeah. So this goes back to what you, you lay out all the time is you need to have a few things that you can go to. So when we, whether we're talking about in terms of knowing your role or getting out of a slump or you've lost confidence and want to get it back, you have to have something that you can physically do in life to try to get yourself out of it. It's not enough to just say, no, it's okay, or yeah. keep working hard or things that mean nothing. So if you're a goal scorer, whatever, what are three things for your game that you can go back to? Because yeah. this is, if you don't have those things, then how are you going to fix yeah. what you're perceiving to be a problem? Yeah. You need to have something that can actually solve the, the issue. Yeah. You know, yeah. So as a player, and your parents can do this with you, you can do it with yourself, your coach can do it with you, whatever. Have two or three things that make you the player that you think you are, which is important to understand. And again, a lot of kids don't even know that or don't don't know what type of player they are, how they play, what their strengths are. So figure out what your strengths are. Take two, three, four things. And then when you feel like you're losing confidence, you can go reevaluate. Am I doing the three, four things that make me successful as a player? Yeah. If I'm missing one or I'm missing two of them, then you have a focus when you go to practice, when you go to your games, yeah. when you're at home thinking about it. You have something that you can focus on where you can make an improvement and that would that you're more likely to get a positive outcome or a, a change yeah. if you have something to do. Yeah. You know, rather than just waiting for a bounce yeah. to come or whatever. Yeah. Another interesting aspect, I was talking to a coach over the weekend and uh, he's talking about a player that's a pretty skilled, good skater and all that stuff. And uh, the perception, this this isn't, well, it's interesting. This is, it's, it's interesting more than, because I think when we're talking about like goal scoring, for example, I think a lot of people think that that's the measurement for hockey, scoring goals and being skilled, right? So depending on what your goals are, if you were just playing to play and getting being a regular shift somewhere, that's fine. But if you have actually a goal of moving forward, then um, maybe how you're identifying yourself is wrong. Anyways, so yeah, this particular yeah, yeah so, so this particular situation, this person thinks he's a goal scorer. Okay, thinks he's a goal scorer. Yeah. Now, what I would say is he's definitely offensively minded, and his play is all. Going like is all about going offense with a touch every now and then going the defensive side, mm -hmm. but and he's not a goal. He's not a goal scorer. He gets goals. He's got yeah, he can okay, score. He's got okay points, yeah. but he's not by any means a uh, a goal scorer. So, as the coach was saying, goes if that if this particular person would stop seeing himself as a fifty goal scorer, which he thinks he is, but he's not. hasn't scored 50 yet. <laughs> not close. He stopped thinking himself as that and started thinking as 200 feet, feet and working hard at both ends of the ice and stopped seeing himself being a superstar, which is okay to believe that you are, like to, to shoot towards. But the, the, the reality part is that there's only a few superstars. But he sees himself as going to be a superstar. Coach is saying, if you think that's what you're going to be, you're not, not going to make it at all. If you paid attention, attention and say, no, I could be a third liner. And maybe I've got a really good chance of being a third liner in the National Hockey League if I do this, this, and this. You've increased your odds, but your measurement changes. And it's like not wrong or not right. It's just if it's more realistic, but it's like 
how am I saying this? You, you, you don't want to put yourself in, like you, if you're practicing to be something that's not going to happen. Is that the wrong thing to say? No, it, it, it's it's about it's about being realistic. Realistic, I don't want yeah. To cut you off, but I could go for a minute here if you want. Yeah, well, yeah, like if you, I mean, if you got if you got fifty goals already, you think you're fifty goals. Maybe you have a chance. Yeah. But if you're not that yet, yeah. you say that you are, and you're playing like that. It's like, well, maybe you got other things to work on. So if you don't hit the fifty goals, and you say, well, the coach took my confidence. No, you just got a wrong picture of what you are. Oh yeah. You well, know what I mean? I feel like at a certain so, point, I sorry. Yeah. The last thing is like I've got a player. That uh, he's really, really good. Been to a couple, few pro camps, and he's huge. I mean, huge, 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 huge. And I sat down with him one day. I said, "So, what? What? Who do you feel you play like? Like, who do you model game at? So you can kind of." He goes, uh, "Henrik Zetterberg." I go, "Henrik Zetterberg." So kids that d- don't remember Henrik Zetterberg, it's only a few re- years away. They're a f- few years removed from playing like a superstar with Detroit Red Wings. It's about let's. I'll be generous, probably and say six feet, but probably five eleven. And he was really crafty and, and just so intelligent. So this guy's the complete opposite. I thought he was going to say Brian Boyle. Yeah. Which like would be six great. Six foot seven, <laughs> six foot eight, whatever. Yeah. And that's like, that'd be a realistic picture. But said Henrik Zetterberg. And I'm like, well, dude. Like, yeah. Like, no, in any yeah. way. Yeah. Like, no, no. this guy is good. Yeah. It's like, no, in any way. No. So you're like, yeah. How are you going to feel good about your game at the end of the day when you're not Henrik Zetterberg? Yeah, and I think one distinction maybe is because you don't want to say it, it's age dependent for me, right? Where are you 100%. at your stage of development? So if you're a second year OHL player and you're not a fifty goal scorer, yeah. you're not going to be a fifty goal scorer. Like Most you, likely. you would be that or close to it you'd be, by now. You'd be there'd pushing be a, that. Yeah. There'd be a real, a real heavy signal coming that you're in that realm, yeah. right? Yeah. If you're a ten, well, yeah, who the right. hell knows what you're going to be? Like, go right? play hockey. So go play. For the player that you're talking about, when he's in more of a situation where he should have an established role for himself and understand himself as a player, and he doesn't, that's where it gets concerning. Or the guy that you just mentioned, same thing, right? It's like, you want to give yourself the best chance at being a pro if that's what your goal is. But if you don't understand what your role is, when you get in those hard times where you you don't feel like you're doing the things you should be doing, if you don't have a good understanding of what you should be doing in the first place, then it's going to be really difficult to not feel like you yeah. don't have confidence in it. So for the guy that thinks he's a goal scorer, when you're not a goal scorer yeah. and you're not scoring, you'll still sit on the bench and feel like, oh my God, like I, I can't, I don't have any confidence putting the puck in the net, whatever. It's like, yeah, but you're not supposed to do that anyway. <laughs> you know? Yeah, know? So have a different focus. So the, the whole precursor to all of these things is just from listening to you talk there is that ability to be honest. And that's honest mm-hmm. when you're a player. That's honest when you're a parent trying to help your kid too, yeah, well, you know, that's, that's a huge thing. It's you can't yeah. think that your kid is something that they're not. And if you're not sure, it's always better to err on the side of they're less than they yeah. are. It's always better yeah. to err on that side. Yeah. Right. So you had a conversation with a, a dad, a few last week or something, and he was talking about his son and how he's, his kids are, he's a really good player or seems to be a really good yeah. player. He's getting yeah. a, a lot of attention yeah. and all this kind of stuff. And that's good. Like, that's great. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. But he's also, whatever he was, 9, 10, 11, 12, one of those yeah. young, he's a young, younger, young. younger hockey. So it's like, you have to keep that in context. So when you're trying to give your kid advice about this kind of stuff, or they're feeling like they're not confident, or the car ride home, they're always bitching about whatever is going on. You have to try to keep in mind what the honest and objective analysis of the situation is, you know? And so you can, if you don't do that, it's going to be very difficult to help yourself get out of yeah. that rut because if you're a goal scorer and the only thing that's going to make you feel better is when you score a goal 
if you're not a goal scorer, you might be waiting for a bit, you know, yeah. or you might get one and then not get another one for five yeah. or whatever. So you, it's really important that you can have the right mindset about yeah. your own game yeah. so that when you do get in that situation where you don't feel confident or whatever, you can, you know, have, have something to actually aim at mm-hmm. to get yourself out of that rut. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, so I'll just throw the question to you. I got my thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. Um, can someone take your confidence away or someone destroy your confidence? And I, I, I'm not talking about a 12 year, or a 25 year old person. I'm talking about anything from, let's say, eight years old on. Mm-hmm. Can someone destroy your confidence? What's the What's a good answer here? Ah. If If you let them, they can. That's kind of my answer. Okay, if and you, I and I say definitely. Yeah. But because you're not prepared. Right. And uh, but I would say definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So how do we go about? doing that how do we go about well i don't know maybe we're oh. just talking i don't know <laughs> I could, you could answer or not but like how so so okay so can someone destroy your confidence 100 percent. if you're not uh like maybe you're 10 and the coach says like you're just shit you can't even play like that could be okay. devastating for a 10 year old right right like, so, so, let me sorry let me clarify my thing so okay there if you're dealing with someone who's like a bad person or someone like in the extreme or someone who doesn't have your actual interest at heart, which you're going to find people like that for sure. Oh yeah. Then definitely they can they could take it right away from you. They could try to bury you. They can, and it happens to kids. That happens for sure. Okay, but well, let's let me dummy it down then. Okay. Let's say you're playing for the uh, uh, U13s, U12, and the, you're just not getting ice. Right. And the coach doesn't communicate. It cannot destroy someone's confidence. Right. And this is, and then I'll go back to my answer. Okay. So, they, so the answer is yes, they can. But if you, like better way of putting it, I said if, if you let them, but a better yeah. way of putting it is if you're not prepared yeah. for circumstances that can happen when you play on a team. Yeah. You know, and that's a, that's a big thing too. Is like if you just don't understand team dynamics and that not everyone can play all the time yeah. and all that kind of stuff, then definitely it can happen. But it's something that isn't really necessary it's or it's not something that you don't have control over i'll put it that way yeah you know in that situation someone can take it but it's not something that's necessarily out of your control yeah we had i was telling you last week the week before that one of the kids uh his coach told him remember i said he said um said if you keep if you just played yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that guy it was pretty harsh for uh yeah. probably unnecessary 10 11 year old kid yeah. and he, the kid was devastated by it it took him a, a long time like pretty quiet kid too it's like that's just ridiculous but at the same time it's like uh, this is where parenting um parenting really does come in like there's there's not a chance that someone could have well i don't know i shouldn't say not a chance but for someone to say something negative to my son and him it would it could affect him but he him and I would be talking about it and get through that, right? And we we'd have the uh, show them, go show yeah. them how wrong they are. Attitude that we've done that before, and uh, but that takes a thing. So yeah, you, you kids have to be. If you let someone do it, like when it's young, it's a lot harder. But this is where parents are very yeah. very important to have conversations with your kid all the time, right? And 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 just talk. It's not necessary lectures and stuff like that but you got to be able to have conversations with your kid because they're going to tell you like i should have played more it might come out in excuses or blaming other or jealousy and stuff like that and that's where you can nip it in the in the bud with the with the with the kids right away right yep and explain that and uh, sorry i want to fight through it yeah sorry i want to change my mind in real time here because i think more i'm thinking about it now especially when you're young like even if you are prepared or think you're prepared 
like someone will still take it, right? Someone, someone will still, so, so I don't, yeah, I'm going to change my answer yeah. for that. It's like I, somebody, because even you could have all the conversations you want. Well, even you, you talking with Charlie this year, like it's, it's a tough year, man. First year is a tough year. It's not going to go the way you want. And that's right. He was as prepared as one could be. Absolutely. And it's tough, man. When yep. you talk to him, like it's tough. He goes through stretches of highs and lows like everybody yep. else. And yep. it's, it's, it can feel like someone is pulling it from you, yep. even if you think you're ready and you know the process and yep. you, you've heard it before. And it's, uh, I know dad, I know, yep. I know, yep. but it's, there's yep. always a, but, you know? Yep. And so, so even if, even if you think you're prepared, like someone can still take it. And I, th- I think that's why that communication piece is really a, a, an important part to try to get yourself through that. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's very interesting because I know that, I know that if someone's listening, they probably have a son that's gone through. Well, you can't say that no one right. could take your confidence because mm-hmm. I, my son's had it. And I, I, I wouldn't argue with that. Yeah. The only thing I would argue with is, and not argue, the only tool I would give that person is, okay, let's, you got to come up with some strategies yeah. to help your son or your daughter or whatever it is, because there are ways, right? And you got to realize that one opinion of you doesn't actually matter. Yeah. It's, the- it's your, your actual opinion of yourself it matters. And then for kids, the opinion of their mom and dad is what matters. Like my, I remember like it's, and it's only been, uh, probably since he's in junior, like even in when, before Charlie's draft year or in his draft year, it, it, my approval was everything. It was everything, Always, man. you know, and yeah. even mom's like her opinion of, you know, she, like the hockey opinion, he would sometimes go, yeah, but your mom, but it really actually mattered. And my opinion of my son actually was everything. Yeah, like sure. the whole world could have told him that uh, you're you're too slow. I'm just making something up here. You're too slow, yeah, yeah. Um, or whatever. And if I talked to him, he would say, oh, "Okay, Dad." Like if he scored, if I thought it was a good goal, then he thought oh, it was man, a good goal. If I said, "Ah, you could have did this better," that would that would rip his guts out. Yeah, for sure. You know, so conversations with your kids are huge, man. Yeah, and and that's why I don't want to make it sound like, well, if you're ready, then you could handle the coach because you can't sometimes, especially when you're young. It's like, even if you're a grown up, it's like, if your boss is like that to you, you think you're ready, you could be yeah. a mature adult. And so, yeah. could, so I don't want to make it sound like, Oh, if, if someone, you feel like you lost confidence, it's your fault. It's like, you, yeah, no, cause no, it's no, not it true. It takes work. Yeah. It takes work. Right. So yeah, it there's takes work hundred percent. I think more, a more appropriate thing for me to say on it is you just, you, someone can take it, but you also have the power to get it back. If yeah. you, have a good strategies for yeah. it, or whatever. And that doesn't yeah. mean it's going to be easy. It's, that doesn't mean yeah. overnight you're going to just yeah. feel like you're back feeling good, or whatever. Cause sometimes yeah. you might just have a dick as a coach that's <laughs> seems like they're doing 100%. everything they can to just yeah. bury you. Or well, not. you might have a coach and this happens all the time. You might have a coach that has a kid on the team that's jealous of you. Yeah, seriously. And, yep, or, or he has sure, a kid man. on the team and it's like, it's okay if you do well, but not better than him. Mm-hmm. And if there's any competition, then okay, I'm going to put you with this guy, this guy, and it's like whatever. But that's you can deal with that stuff yeah. if you if you have the maturity or you have uh, a household that can be conducive to getting through it, right? Yep. So it's a, it's a it's an interesting thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So um, anything else on that? No, not the taking no. confidence part. I think that's it's it's just important to understand. Like the take the takeaways of that are are just you have to have a strategy. You have yeah. to have a strategy. Don't just wait for to get a good bounce. You know, yeah. you have to have a strategy to help yourself. If you feel like someone's taking it, or if you've lost it, either way, yeah. you just have to make sure you have something you can actually go to physically in life that you can do to try to get yourself out of it. Not just wait for a good bounce or for things to change or whatever. Yeah. And 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 there's a, like you said, there's a ton of examples. I was going to say a million, but I don't know if there mm-hmm. is. But there's a ton of examples of hockey players that were 
too small that could never make it. There's, uh, uh, someone was telling me the other day that there's a kid on the Sioux just signed with Seattle. His name little rats out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's, there's a guy in the Sioux that just signed with Seattle that when in minor hockey, he was nothing. Yeah. Right? So that guy probably didn't hear how great he was. Right. And, and the guy had, obviously had the mental toughness to just keep mucking through and it's a different attitude, mm-hmm. but great hockey player now. So this is, it's not up to someone else. It's not someone else's opinion to define you. Yeah. Um, what about overconfidence? Oh, this is my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like arrogance is not confidence, man. And yeah. I think I think the key point on this is to the point about being honest with yourself. You can be overconfident because you're not actually being honest with what's going on. And I can't stress the importance of humility enough, man. Like there's there's some guys again. There's always exceptions. There's some guys that can get away with it, yeah. whatever. That are cream of the crop or got the good bounces or whatever, and they can get away with it. But for a guy like that you were mentioning earlier, it's like overconfidence will kill him yeah. as a as a hockey player that will be the the his downfall if there is to be a downfall yeah. it's going to be that it's that yeah. you're not being honest about yourself and you're yeah. you're thinking much more of yourself than what has been earned yeah. you know and and i think that's a that's a big trap especially especially when you're young man i we have, we've talked about this so many times but you go to high school and when you think you're the best one there and you might be in that in that domain. environment in that domain with when a lot of people are don't have the same skill set or athleticism or whatever, and that's what's socially valuable when you're a kid. And then you go home and your parents tell you how great you are and, and whatever. You can see how easy it is to get yeah. into that overconfident yeah. state. But the hammer comes down, man. Yeah. It, it comes down quick. And if you don't have, if you if you think that your shit don't stink, it is just. It's yeah. gonna be you're in for a tough ride, man. Yeah. For sure. So that's why I always say like you're always better off to over overestimate how good how hard is gonna be and underestimate how good you always. are. Always. So so I think there's a really good balance between confidence, overconfidence, and not lacking confidence. Right? Yeah. So Fine this lines. is this is my my thoughts on it is let's do it from a team perspective, right? So if you're a really good team and you know you're a very good team, and you go that does not mean that you're just gonna spank everyone you play. Yeah. But you can have a lot of confidence going in if you do the work, like underestimate, overestimate how good the other people are going to be. So if you're if you're if you have the talent and you're confident in your abilities, and you do all the work, and you prepare, and you do everything right leading up to it, you have you have every right to be very confident that you can get that you can win, but not overconfident that yeah we just we're just better mm-hmm. because that's that's the that's the thing and it's like. In, in, and I would then if you dial it down to your own personal play, it's not you're not just better than someone, right? Because if you're not if you're, you if you haven't done the work and you haven't done the preparation and you haven't um, you're not willing to do the hard stuff when it actually gets tough, then overconfidence plays a big role, and then you just come across as arrogant. And then arrogant people or overconfident people, when they get hand, when they get it handed to them, what usually comes out is a pile of excuses. Right, you see them. Maybe it's bitching at the refs, or yeah, they cheated. Little kids, they they cheated. It wasn't fair, and all that stuff. But you know, so that's why it's if you're confident, then you you go in there and you and you you know you're gonna have to work. You know you're gonna have to. It's never gonna be easy, but you do the thing that got you there. And then when when you win, it's like okay, I expected to win. When you lose, it's like it's a hard loss because you know you've done everything right. Yeah, and I think the 
the other part of it too is if you're someone who's like a dominant player or whatever, yeah. understand in youth hockey, minor hockey, up through really to honestly, unless you've played, you're playing in the OHL as a 16 to 20 year old, or maybe like the USHL or in the BCHL, those are maybe the three leagues I would say. You haven't played against that many good players yet. Right. So, especially before junior, if you're U16 and you're a dominant player, keep in mind you have barely played against any good players. Yeah. Like, there are so many more yeah. good players that you have, don't even know exist yet. Yeah. Yeah. So, if you're dominating when you're 10, if you're dominating when you're 12, 14, 16, if it's your draft year, most of the teams you play against, in the grand scheme, like, relatively they'll play against kids that are good in the yeah. team but in an absolute sense when yeah. you all things can not the one percent there you're not playing against you're barely any good players especially if you play on a super team yeah when most of the good players are on your team yeah it's like there's schools of players yeah. that you don't even know are there yet yeah. that are older that are faster that are better yeah. and so when you have if you have that overconfident attitude that might even be rationalized at the level you're at if you just take a second to zoom out and understand you haven't played against anybody that's actually good at hockey yet, you know. So if you're the if you are the one percent in your minor hockey league, yeah. you might be the in the thirty percent, yeah, hundred percent in the in the province in the, in or the whatever, big picture. Right? So yeah. it's like even you, we talk about guys that get drafted. Like you, just, you're a first, second, third, whatever rounder. You go and play your first year. Everyone is that. Yep. Everyone was yep. you or better. Yep. Everybody. Yeah. You know, so on paper. Yeah. So it's like you're going to get the humble pie. Like it's going to come oh, at coming. some point. Yeah, so don't, that's maybe just a, an antidote to your overconfidence is like yeah. keep things in perspective, man. Yeah. Like you might be, even if you are the yeah. best right now on your team in your yeah. area, you haven't even played anybody yeah. good yet. Yeah. You know, and that's what, that's what I always tell the kids is if you have an opportunity, I, I don't, I wouldn't even say that. Like tell the kids when they go to the OHL college or whatever, it's like my answer to them is when they say like, expectations what are your expectations and a lot of people have goals it's like goals are like it's like okay to have goals but you don't really even know what your competition is right so it's it's like maybe not so much goals but like the, the goal you should have is that you're 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 gonna earn like like number one learn 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 so Go there with open eyes, open ears, and and actually learn what this league is about. What how good it is and this could be even midget, right? Learn, learn how to be a good player, and then everything else on top of that. As you're learning, is earn, earn everything you get. And if you do that, then you, then it might be okay. So okay, so let's just say take junior, your first year junior or college or whatever. You you, you go in that, with that mindset, and you become a regular roster player you're not scratched well, a lot of people say well oh, wow no that's actually a thing because you're you're younger but let's say that's a thing okay now you can earn maybe it's a moving up a line or maybe it's okay I, I need to produce or get hits or go to your five things and do them consistently you can build off of that but i think when you go in there try to figure out what this is all about first yeah and 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 make your make your mark before you start setting all kinds of goals. Because to say, I'm going to go into this league and I'm getting 20 goals. Well, you might not get 20 shifts. So how are you going to exactly. get 20 goals? Yeah. Right? So you got to go in there and learn. Navigate it. Learn everything you can. Work your butt off to earn something. Yeah. and, and you go that, there, that's a good attitude. Yeah. And in that context, when you're going to somewhere that's new and you want to have goals, like I can understand you want to have goals. That's yeah. fine. But 
you can't have goals that are appropriate if you don't know what the lay of the land is. Like, how are you supposed to have an appropriate goal? You know? So, so when you're, when you're a little bit younger and you've been playing in the same league for a few years, it's, you can make some, you can have some goals. It's like, you kind of know the competition, you kind of know who you're up against, whatever. And, and that's fine. And it's something to work towards. But when you're going into a new situation, that's it. The only goal you should have is like, I'm just, my goal is to figure it out. This is what my goal is this year. Let's figure it out. Let's see where I'm at. And that kind of stuff. And then you can have some goals after because provide value to my team. Yeah. Because to to your point, like the good way, the right way of framing it is like your, your goals are going to lead to expectations, Yeah. you know? And when you don't have a good frame for what you're actually up against, then expecting anything is not appropriate because you don't know what to expect at all. You can't have any expectations. So it's hard to have good goals if you don't know what to, what to expect. So that's good advice for if you're, if you're hopping into something and, and, that leads into the confidence thing too. Like if you go in somewhere and you have goals that lead to expectations and then you don't meet them, yeah. now you lost your confidence because yeah. you're not hitting or you're not near what you thought yeah. you would be. You're or testing you your confidence. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? You're, you're imposing a test that's not appropriate on yourself, yeah. you know? So you yeah. might be taking something away when you didn't need to, yeah. you know, if you just had a better framing for it. Yeah. hundred percent. Uh, like for coaches, uh, I think this is just my thoughts. I think every coach, not that it's going to happen, but every coach should try to build, be a confidence builder for their players. I mean, that's that's obvious. Yep. Um, if you're if you're if you're not doing that, then I don't understand why you're coaching, especially at youth levels. Uh, how do you tap into confidence? It's it's. I think if you can communicate, it's number one. But it's I always finding one or two things that you can say to them, and and it's sometimes it's the sandwich technique, right? A, a good like. That was I. I see. Let's say let's say the kid made a not the best move or took too long to take a shot. I just did this with a kid the other day. Not bad. He came in and twice in one shift. Came in, had got a puck, saw it one two three stick handle then shot. I said if he releases that right away, no stick handle yeah. shoot. Did it again. So as he was coming over, I could have said nothing, right? And then he could go at the end of the day and go I don't. I'm not putting the puck in there. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And that's that's, that's like it, that's yeah. that's where you can actually affect Coaching someone's moments. confidence. Yeah. So I went, dude, come here for one second. I said, all right. I said, you got you had two. Remember the two chances you had for shooting? Yeah. I said, so what do you think you could have done better? Well, I don't know. Like, don't wait so long. I said, well, yes and no. I said, so you get that you get in that situation. You caught that on your forehand. It, it, it's ready to shoot right there. You don't have to shoot it right away, but it's one, two, three, that little thing there. What happens is the goalie sees that. Everybody sees it and they know exactly what's coming. So, so when you get in that situation and the next one that you had is the same thing, instead of this, try to get in the habit of keeping it there and snapping it off with your eyes up. He's oh, okay, thanks, coach. Like, thank you, coach. So confidence happened in two ways. He had attention of his coach. If I call me a coach yeah, at yeah, that point. Right, yeah. Got the attention of the coach. Yep. The coach actually actually gives a rip that I could have done that better. And he's not, he didn't say, you right? I, but it's the same message. Yeah, You need to get that puck off faster. Or don't dust it off. That's the same message. I just did it in a different way. But either way, it's attention. It's how you interpret that, that, that um, uh, criticism or coaching, whatever you want to call it. One's negative, one's positive. Yeah. Right? And uh, and now you got something to work on. So, like, that's good. That's so coaching. That's coaching. And yeah. that's what I think you should be doing. It doesn't always have to be the nicest, but the sandwich effect is good, fix, good. Right? Yeah. So, you, 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 did the, you did this, which was really good. 
you could have done this. I like your fix and keep going because I like you or, or you know, make it a sandwich. Yeah, it's a good, good, bad, good or good, good, critical, good. Yeah, no, that's good, man. And then and then the kid, everyone get, goes away better. Cool. Yeah, the coach does talk to me. He did. He does coach me. Yeah. And then uh, and then of course if if you see someone struggling, that's where my my three, four, or five things is is like always have that. With your kids, that's why I think it's important to have so that you're always giving them feedback. Yeah. Some kids are always just some kids are just going to be difficult, but at least you know you're doing your job to build them up. Yeah, and I think for most kids, it goes a long way when you give them something. Yeah. Like even at a lot of the kids coming into the off season, where they were telling me about the things their coach said in their player meetings yeah. at the end of the season, like, oh, well, my coach said I need to work on this and this and this. What do you think of that? Do you think <clears> that actually makes sense for what I'm doing? Whatever, and they're actually listening to what you said. Oh, yeah. You know, so a, little moments like that where you can communicate and be a yeah. good communicator, it's yeah. important. So that's yeah. uh, that's good, good for coach. I don't know anything else on that. What else you got? The only thing, the other, other thing I had was parenting, yeah. and uh, we did, we touched on it before, but <clears throat> parents you have a big job. This is your, you know, it's not just hockey; it's life. And I think it's just important that you sometimes in in the hockey world, sometimes it's important not to talk about hockey. That's probably one of the most important things, or or put it in a different way. But always know, like number one, that the, that uh, that you love your kids. Um, I mean, that sounds kind of childish, but let them know they love them. But it comes out in your actions, right? And um, find like find good things about them. Like find the good things in their life that they're good at and, and praise them for doing good things, even the smallest things. And for me, this I'm being very truthful here, my praise to Charlie was, and all our kids, was never that they were good at something. That was like secondary. Yeah. My My... my confidence building or my reward for them was that they put a lot of effort into something that they treated people right that they they made other te- guys on the team feel better that they were polite and all those kind of things and i always rewarded them for stuff like that if they happened to do something on the ice or with their teammate that got them a result then good but it was like they they knew that i had he my kids knew that i had confidence in them because they performed properly in in most situations you know what i mean yeah yeah that's that's about it yeah no i think that's that's good 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 for uh for the parents and coaches man it's important because especially for the young guys you have the ability to make the impact you know so it's important that you take something uh, from that so i think it's good i think we got everything um you're all good yeah okay thanks guys we'll see you next week